And we are back to the Two Beers Please podcast. We talked all things NBA playoffs uh, in this last episode. And like I was mentioning there, you know, really amped about all these different games. I just found out I'm going to game three of Nets Celtics. Ah, I'm so freaking pumped. Uh, Hopefully I'm there watching them, you know, make a series out of it and not watching them go 3-0 in the hole. Uh, But, you know, things can happen. We'll see. And, uh... Yeah, I'm I'm super I'm super pumped. I've never been to a playoff game, period, I don't think. I'm trying to remember the last I've if I've ever been to a playoff game in any sport. I don't think Same. so. Yeah. Yeah, in anything. Well, we were at the that's Damn. technically a playoff game. We we went to the Big East game. That's a playoff game. Yeah, yeah. College college have been to some playoff games. Oh, because I've been to I mean, I went to the final four. So that was that's pretty intense. Nah, but, yeah, I would, I would but say so. Playoffs, it's, I feel like, you know, I feel like for some reason, well, I guess now even in college football, they call it playoffs. But March Madness, I feel like, is never referred to as playoffs. I'm not kidding. Yeah. I've never been to a professional playoff game. There you go. I don't think so. I don't think I have either. And, uh, yeah, yeah. it's going to break the seal for us. Yeah, I will. I can't wait to pop that cork. It'll be great. And uh, this beer, by the way, anyone checking in? This was a great summer IPA. Let me tell you, I feel like it's shining in my room and it's not because of the sun. It's because of this beer. <laughs> What's the uh, alcohol content on that beer, Yannick? 12.2. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had that, like, had like a 12 or like even like a 10 or something and you didn't really realize it and you're like halfway through the second one and kind of like, yo, I'm a lot drunker than I normally am after like a beer and I, like what is going on and you like look at the label you're like shit the first time I drank like that? Golden Monkey it's like 9.5% and I remember being like oh nice little IPA and I got like two in and I was like I'm drunk I'm fully drunk I I don't I'm, I don't need anything else I'm fully I've drunk had enough I've had I, I've there's had a, almost, my like one of my favorite beers and probably my favorite Iowa beer is that the Peace Tree Blonde Fatale and that's like, I think it's like 8.5. Like that's, I mean, high for a beer, but not like crazy, crazy high, but you know, a few of those and you're, you're riding perfect. Yeah. Few. I've also had one of those. Yeah, probably, yeah, probably yeah. less than a few. If you're a normal person, um, <laughs> one or two is probably fine. Oh God. All right. Well, we've got, we moved from NBA playoffs, which was fun for me to talk about to the Champions League, which will not be fun for me to talk about. Uh, we're currently watching, at least I am, I don't know if Matt is. Uh, he is, definitely is. Uh, we're we're currently watching uh, quarterfinal matchup, second leg, Atletico Madrid and Manchester you know, City. You know I'm a huge Atletico Madrid fan. Yeah, the biggest one that's ever lived, be, besides Diego Simeone, um, <laughs> who is a bigger one. Uh, Liverpool currently tied in the second game 1-1 with Benfica, but they do have a 4-2 aggregate advantage. Man City, Atletico Madrid tied at zero. Man City still holds that one goal advantage. The other two semifinals were decided. It is Real Madrid who triumphed over Chelsea in what was the best game. game of the Champions League so far. And what was the worst game of the Champions League so far was uh, Villarreal tying Bayern 1-1 and knocking them out. It was actually uh, a pretty good game for a neutral. Oh, it was horrible. I I just the whole middle of the game pissed me off. The ending was whatever, you know, they can score a goal on the counter, but come on, the fact that we just like parked it in their half and couldn't convert. Unbelievable. But uh let's talk about Real Madrid first before I go off on Bayern. Uh Real Madrid, are they legitimate contenders because I'm going to be completely honest. They had the first game where they played so well. Benzema got the hat trick. We were so hopeful. They were getting clobbered that game. They looked like the worst team <laughs> for the whole games. game. And yet they still win because you have uh, someone named Kareem Benzema on your team. So what and do you Luka think? Modric. And Luka Modric, of course, being able to like just absolutely place the ball anywhere, anywhere you want. Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once, which I'll also be talking about later. Um it's uh it, it was really it. Yannick, go see another movie. I will. <laughs> um uh no, but it how legitimate do you consider them contenders considering they will have to play Manchester City? Um do you think that this was a you know a matchup situation? Is this more Chelsea's fault? Or do you think they're actual contenders for this title? 
I mean, I I think I think just like not only the club's history, but like the players on this team. I mean, like Kareem Benzema, Luka Modric, Tony Cruz, like a lot of these guys were part of teams that won four out of five Champions Leagues. Like something that I think is the most impressive thing we've ever seen done by a club team. Like it, it's insane uh, how successful they were. So they they know how to win this competition as well as anybody. Um, we've seen before too. I mean, like clubs that have success in in Champions League as opposed to don't, like it, it goes a long way. Um, when your club is successful in Champions League, you kind of just continue being successful. Uh, because it's Manchester City, it's like I like I don't I don't think they're gonna beat Manchester City, but I think because of all the reasons I've said, and they are, I mean, they're in the semifinals now, where it's like shit, if Real Madrid I don't care what the iteration of Real Madrid is, if Real Madrid is in the semifinals of the Champions League, they have a chance. Like it's as simple as that. Like it's a club that's it's always going to be good enough where if you're telling me they're 270 minutes of good soccer away from hoisting that trophy, then yeah, they, they, they've got a chance. And I think this team, they've, they've done it. I mean, they've played with some fire because they also looked really shitty at the start of that PSG uh, couple legs. Like they, both of these fixtures, they've, they've made it tough on themselves, but then they've, they've shown the, the, the ability that they do have and those, those game breakers that they have that, especially as we like, you're watching this Manchester City team. Like we know Manchester City, Manchester City sometimes gets in their own way. And if Manchester City's getting in their own way and it's a zero zero whatever kind of game, that, that's the time Kareem Benzema is going to go strike and, and somehow get them by. So yeah, I, I think just w- with who this club is and, and what they've done so far in this tournament, I, I think it's I think you have to at least say that they're a contender to hoist that trophy. Yeah, I totally agree. They're definitely legitimate contenders. You know. They kind of remind me like Villarreal, where they can hold strong, right? But they also have things that Villarreal, they have Kareem Benzema. They have Vinicius Jr. They have countering and clinical finishing, unlike Villarreal could dream of in their wildest daydreams, despite the good result they had. And if they can, for me, right, looking at a game that they somehow progressed past, despite playing so poorly, if they can win that tie, despite playing so poorly, then they can turn anything around. Like, they can be losing 3-0 to Man City and just and and still turn it around. Like that can happen. Right. So I think Chelsea played as well as they needed to. And it just at the end of the day, Kareem Benzema, Luka Madras, like you said, couldn't would not be uh held down. And you know, you you look at those two teams, interestingly enough, Man City, Real Madrid, there are more people who have been to a, a World Cup final on the Real Madrid side than there are on the Man City side. It like you know, you have Benzema, you have Cruz, you have uh, Modric, and you have um, oh, there's someone I'm forgetting here. Uh, no, maybe that's that might be it. But Man City, I don't know if you have one. I don't know if you have one person who's 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 used to that pressure. I'm saying you talked about Champions League, obviously. Yeah, not only champ- not only been in a World Cup final, literally won the competition. Right three times in a row. Like the right. fact that a club, modern club was able to do that was, I mean, cause it was something that obviously we all did at the start of the Champions League. But then I think, I think Bayern did it and, and Ajax did it. Yeah. And besides that, 70s, it, yeah. it was never done. Like it, it's guys have not only won it, they've won it in as about impressive fashion as you can do it. Exactly. So I think they can definitely beat Man City. And I think Man City is also in the perfect place to, you know, be upset considering they have so many different battles on so many different fronts coming up against them. Um, so I definitely think Real Madrid is a contender. And should Man City not progress, they're definitely a favorite to come out of that tie and go to the final. Um, so we'll see what happens there. <sighs> Next to Valiant and Villarreal, uh, Villarreal winning on uh, on the aggregate 2-1. Uh, I feel like really, you haven't even mentioned who Villarreal was playing. I feel like it's the club has become Voldemort, where it's, uh, you're just so upset. They you're must like, not even, be named. I don't even, yeah, I don't even want to name them because they don't deserve that right now. Well, listen, here's here's why I'm so upset. It's really not about losing to Villarreal in the end, but the way that we lost, scoring that goal in the 52nd minute and having 30 minutes of them basically not trying to attack and and just trying to score right they Villarreal regardless of them not being contenders I don't think they're contenders for this title they're the one that isn't going to contend um 
you know, they'll probably produce one decent result in the semis against Liverpool, and then they'll get blown away in the other one, which is a great showing from them. First semifinals ever. Congratulations to Villarreal. But at, at the end of the day, whoever the other teams are going to be favored heavily. But they exposed Bayern for something that we've known for a while. And I don't care that they won a Champions League in 2020. There was still this problem in 2020 when they won that Champions League. And everything worked out for them that year. And that kind of papered over some of the things. But the truth is, ever since they they got this attacking formation where they just have some talented wingers and Robert Lewandowski in the middle, for whatever reason, because Lewandowski is so, so good, they've completely lost any creativity in the attacking third. They can't do anything. They they cut once in the middle, cross in the middle. It's easy to, to defend against. And they need to go back to the, re- the reason that Bayern won the 2012 uh, Champions League, which was not the attack, right? They didn't have Robert Lewandowski. It was actually the defense that was really, really good. And they had some attacking players that could be creative, like Robin, like Ribéry, like Muller, right? But what they need to go back to is having a strong defense, because right now they're relying on Manuel Neuer to be a sweeper keeper, which the, as he ages is just not going to age well. We saw it happen. He almost gave the ball away a couple times here. And, you know, Upa Meccano is a great defender, but they need to pair someone like Antonio Rudiger with him. I would go get Antonio Rudiger today um, from Chelsea and, and really pair them up. And... I think that they need to create a really strong midfield and sacrifice some of those offensive pieces. And honestly, I mean this 100%. I love Robert Lewandowski, but if it's to sacrifice to create a stronger midfield so they can have a little more creativity, I'm okay with it. I think Robert Lewandowski has been fantastic, but it's not working. It's just not working. It hasn't worked for five of the six years that he's been here. And at the end of the day, Byron should be in the semifinals of the Champions League. So if you're getting out in the quarters, how much is he benefiting you at the end of the day? He's not really. You're winning the league title. That's it. And that is expected of you in a league that is not very competitive, especially with Dortmund kind of falling off the edge of the cliff the last two years. So I just think there's a lot of changes needed. And I think that we'll see what happens next year if those changes are made. And if those changes aren't made and the same result happens where there's one title that we're competing for rather than two or, or hopefully even three, then I think you got to look at Julian Nagelsmann as well because he came in to be this creative outlet and they looked just as stale as they ever have, if not more so. And that 30 minutes puts him on the hot seat. That 30 minutes puts him on the hot seat that they could not find a way to score. So I'm very frustrated. I think that it's been a problem that's been building. And, and honestly, we've looked over it a lot because you can argue that, oh, but it's Liverpool that we lost to. You know, Liverpool's great. And it's like, oh, you know, whatever. But, you know, this is Villarreal. You don't lose to Villarreal, especially being in the driver's seat for the entire game, getting the goal, and just needing to put one more away, let alone letting another one in. Um, So Bayern needs a complete rebuild in terms of how their offensive strategy is. I'm not saying go sell everybody, but I'm saying, like, you need to fix whatever's going on because it's not working. And I think that was very well seen in this game. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like as much as maybe like there were cracks to be seen, I, I still think at least I was, I didn't expect Bayern to be knocked out because they weren't able to score enough goal. Like the fact that they got knocked out losing over two legs, two to one was shocking to me. Like it was maybe some defensive leaks or whatever, but the fact that that's happened, I think it, it, it is a, a, you know, an indictment of where they are right now. Do you think, I mean, like, I there's few players I love more than Thomas Mueller. Do you think he's a guy that, like, I, I feel like it might be time to to even play him a little less, give give some more young, like, he, he just he just doesn't seem to bring that that same Thomas Mueller, and and it's expected. I mean, he's an older player; he's been playing for many many years. But do you think he's a guy that that maybe they they start moving to the bench a little bit more and give some younger guys a a, a chance there? I think so because I think that's where he that's where he'll be most productive. I think if you bring a player like Thomas Muller on in the 75th minute, that's when he can do a lot of damage. When he can be there for 20 minutes creating havoc in the offensive third, but like when you're expecting him to run around 80 minutes and become like this assist king that he's not. Like he's a great creator, but he's 35 and he's not an assist king anymore. That's not who he is despite whatever the season he, he had. The way he plays, the way he plays too, I feel like he's a guy that ages quicker you know right. what i mean like because he's because like he's going full but like he's not gonna got that guy that's like all right i'm gonna chill for a little bit like he's out there thomas Mueller is giving a hundred percent um 
And so, yeah, I feel like it's just the, his style of play that it's like it's caught up to him quicker than than a guy like Luka Modric who can chill in the midfield. And, right, but they're still playing Muller like a winger sometimes. And I think if you're going to play him as much as you're playing him, you either need to play him instead of Lewandowski and decide what that's going to be and just have him be an all-out striker or play him yeah. right behind Lewandowski and really know that you're not going to have those two guys moving very much. Because I love Robert right. Lewandowski, but one thing that he is not is someone who can take whatever's given to him and make something out of it. He is not that kind of player. Can he score all the time? Sure. But he needs to be given the right circumstances, and we've seen that time and time again. And he is given there's those circumstances. There's a reason there's a reason Poland isn't making a lot of noise in these international tournaments. Hundred percent, because he's not given what he needs, and that's just what it is. He's not a Kareem Benzema who literally just anything that comes his way goes in the goal. That's not who he's been. And it seems like we've been fooled into that because of the league that they play in, right? And when you have yeah. weak opposition, of course, a guy like Robin Lewandowski can score and score and score and score. Um, but it's just not working. For me, it, that is what is going to change. And, you know, I, I, say, I say this in complete admission that I was wrong earlier this year when I made the opposite argument. If you sell, if you sell Robert Lewandowski back to Dortmund and get me Erling Holland, I'll take it. I'll hundred percent. Yeah, I'll hundred percent take it because. Yo, Erling, I want you guys. I want you guys going after him because I'm terrified he's gonna be wearing that baby blue. Ugh, me too. And I think, honestly, what I want in my perfect world, we get rid of Lewandowski, we get Erling Holland, we get Antonio Rudiger, and I would love Thomas Tuchel as the coach. To be completely honest, I would love Thomas Tuchel to come over from Chelsea and be the coach of Bayern. Um, and that's kind of my dream scenario in my head, you right. know, and uh, it won't happen next year because I, they're not going to fire Newt Nagelsmann after one thing. But I just I already don't see the experiment working. And in Bayern, I've never seen something that started poorly and ended fine. It either goes well or it doesn't go well. Like Carlo Ancelotti had a bad first year and people were like, well, maybe. And it had a bad second year. And that's just like how it works. Guardiola, great first year and was great until the, you know, it wasn't working anymore. But like, I just don't think Nagelsmann is the coach. I don't know if he's not up to the task or what it, what have you, but this was a horrible season. This was a horrible season. The only team at the top of their level that can claim a worse season than us is PSG. And I don't want to be in the conversation with PSG comparatively. So that's what I'm feeling. Is that, is that, is that saying the Manchester United's not on Bayern Munich's level? <laughs> that is what that's saying. <laughs> that is exactly what that, that's saying. I think that I think that's I think that's a fair assessment. Thank you. I, I like so much so I didn't really think of, of of Manchester United when I was making that statement. But um, you know, I do think I, I do think. I mean, you kind of mentioned it earlier, like I, the German league, and, and and I I I think that this stuff is cyclical. Like I don't I don't think of that course. the German league in general. Like I don't think there's any part of like people needing to be like panic button on the Bundesliga. Like this is not good. It hasn't been nearly as good as, as it's been in the past the last few years. Like I think it's, it isn't a down kind of word trajectory at the moment. And, and, and I think that's pretty clear. Even, even with some of the success we've seen from Leipzig and Dortmund, I, I Frankfurt's having, having really a terrific Europa league, but I think in general, where you could say, man, this, the, the German league's not as, as deep as it, as it was 10 years ago. Um, and I do, and I do think that that, affects teams. I, I think it's, it's hurt PSG. I really do. Like I, because you're playing teams that just don't, don't challenge you enough. Um, and, and really keep you on your toes. And, and, and like you said, show you like your, your deficiencies more, like they're, they're not challenging you enough to be like, Oh shit, that's, that's what we're, what's wrong with us because they're not good enough. So it's like, it doesn't matter what right. whatever deficiencies we have. We're, we're going to beat them. hundred percent. Like Byron all season, there's been even results in the Bundesliga that have shown this, but for all season, they dominate, they, they pin an opponent in their final third, and eventually they break them down. And they just were surprised that that didn't happen. But Villarreal proved, you know, that it can. And if they played in a league like the Premier League, which is why I think so many of the Premier League teams are finally doing so well, it's because they're like, you have to fix these problems or you're going to lose five straight. Because that's just how the Premier yeah. League is. You're going to lose five straight. Um, so... Yeah, agreed. And, I, you know, I'm very disappointed. And I, and I there's been a change that's needed to happen for a while. So I'm just hoping that this is the catalyst for that change, because I cannot watch Kingsley Coman and Leo Asane run around the sides and cross the ball 
80 times a game. I can't do it anymore. I can't do it. If Lewandowski is not getting 18 headers a, a, a season, why are we doing that? It's just not happening. Like, it's just, if he was a heading king. It's not a good strategy. But it's just not working. So, anyway, I, I you know, and, applause. And to- also, all credit to me. Yeah, like, Villarreal and Unai Emery certainly also deserve their their love and, and, and their, you know, victory in this because they, they made it tough on by, like, as, as you're saying, people don't take advantage of the deficiencies. Villarreal did, and, and what Emery's done there, I mean, broke my heart last year winning the Europa League. It's, it's been really, really impressive uh, the uh, last couple of years that, that they've had. No, 100%. I, I give all credit to them because they suck to their strategy and they made smart substitutions. I mean, you just look at the substitutions made in both games. Unai Emery yeah. knows his team inside and out. Um, kind of reminds me of how Diego Simeone knows his team inside and out. So no matter what team they're fielding, it's a threat. And I think that he's done a great job over there. And so, yeah, I uh, don't think that they'll be able to replicate against Liverpool because Liverpool is creative in the attacking third. So it's just like it's going to be really hard to have one defense to pin against all of those guys. Um, and especially with how Foyt played against Komen, I just feel like Komen's one thing. But if you put Mohamed Salah or Sané on Foyt, he's going to have a red card in two seconds. Like, it's just going to be so <laughs> hard for him to not, you know, to not have it in. So... Uh, yeah, that's the Champions League. We'll see who else joins them. But, you know, an in- exciting Real Madrid t- uh, side in it already. A, a stunning Villarreal side in it. And uh, we'll see Liverpool, if yet another Liverpool should be. It'd be a shocking Liverpool one. Man, but, Atleti- I mean, it could be three Atleti's La Liga got sides. To play for. It could be three La Liga sides, which who thought that when we went into this, that three La Liga sides would be in the. Would and, be in- and one of them's not Barcelona. And one of them's not Barcelona. Like it's if crazy. you said there's three La Liga sides, you'd be like, "Oh, who's joining Barca and Real?" Yeah, exactly. Um, you would be no. You would just be like, "Oh, it's Barca, Real, and Atleti." That, that yeah, must true, be who it is. True. And yeah, the more I thought about it, that's exactly yeah. Yeah. So um, nope, it's gonna be just, just Unai Emery and Real. Just Unai making some revenge. He's one of those coaches. Like I've said this before. Like there's certain, especially I feel like in soccer, like certain managers where the I mean, Villarreal is a great club, but it's not, you know, Real Madrid. And like being in that that other kind of position, that like underdog or just like I don't know, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but like there's certain managers, and I think he's certainly one of them that do better in those situations. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he just it's really important for a coach to know his team and be able to like put his team through whatever adver- adversities they have. And uh, it's the perfect team to do it with considering the dogs they have on that team too. Um, reminds me a lot of and an big athletic clubs side. Too, big clubs too have different, I mean, you got usually more bigger personalities, usually sometimes like just the marketing, like there are different animals that become part of the bigger and bigger club that you, you go to. Right. I also have to put some heat on Manuel Neuer because that goal could have been prevented. He jumped early. He jumped so early. And like for a guy who's supposed to be a sot stopper, I question that. You know what I mean? I, I question, you know, if his talents are a little waning a little bit. I'm not, you know, pulling it all on him or anything, but it, it was a bad attempt to save the one shot he had to save all game. You know what I mean? Like he had all game to save that shot. And uh, it was a good counter. But it wasn't a one-on-one for, you know, it, it, it was still a shot that he had to, you know, that he had to make. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Let's talk about La Liga because we got a lot of La Liga teams in play. Uh, yeah. Barcelona, all the way up to second place since Xavi took over. They're absolutely dominating their play recently. Uh, there's still seven, uh, you know, games to go. There's, uh, a, you know, they have a game in hand. Do you think you know, that there's a chance that they actually challenge Real Madrid for the title. I, I don't know. I, I, I no. I feel, I feel like Real's got, got enough of a lead. I know, like, they have a game in hand, then they'd be like, and if they win, they'd be nine points fine. Like, it, it's just, it's so much to overcome. And, like, I, you got Sevilla this weekend for Real Madrid. Uh, and they go to Atletico, but like neither of those teams have looked all that good. And otherwise it's, it's really not a daunting finish for Real. So I, I think, I think just the, the mountain decline for Barca is, is too much mathematically to do it, but you, you gotta, I mean, get, you gotta applaud Xavi and, and, and that team and 
a lot of those, I mean, like Usman Dembele is playing so, so much better. Um, certainly helps that he's been able to stay healthy. Um, but like that, that team looks completely, completely different than it did six months ago. And, and I think even, you know, with their, they've got a, a big tie with Frankfurt tomorrow, but I think they're still the favorites for the Europa league. And I think, I think with where, like, I normally be like, ah, oh, what a shitty season for Barcelona. They won the Europa league. But I think from where they started the season and where the season went, if you're a Barcelona fan and you finish second in La Liga and, and winning that trophy, um, I think you, you feel good about where your, your club's at. I mean, would you rather be a Barcelona or PSG fan right now? That's what the question I ask you. God, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, I, that's a I, really good question. I could dude, I think Barca. Just I, would, like, I would pick Barca. You just have more, especially like how quickly that they were like, Hey, we're going to write this. Like I'm envious of it as a Manchester United fan, because like they could have pulled a few more strings the wrong way. And, they, and they've got themselves in that position themselves, but a few more poor decisions and Barca could have been going down a path that, that we are been on for a while. And they're like, Nope. And so it, it, it's applauded. And that, and that makes you think it's just like, well, shit, why, why can't they build a, a Champions League winning team again? Um, and I think they can. So, yeah, I, I would go Barcelona fan. Right. hundred percent. And I also want to keep praise on Pedri because he is Xavi era parent and he is amazing. And I think I Pedri, Pedri, I think he breaks out in the World Cup, this group, which I hate saying because Germany's in their group. But I think he's going to do great. He's, I feel like he's already breaking out. But well, he the only thing I hate with Pedri is like last year when they were like, Pedri's played this many games and he's only 18. I'm like, yes, he's 18. Like, are you kidding me? At 18, all you want to do is run around and play. He's not 54. Like, people are like, man, they're just going to wear him out. Like, do you not remember what you were like at 18? You have more fucking energy and you know what to do with. Like, he's right. fine. That's the running back year where you run them into the ground. 28 carries a game and don't complain about it. Yeah. Um, literally. It's going to be okay. Yeah, seriously. Um, but yeah, my, I, I kind of reached the same verdict, right? Like Barcelona, they will probably, I'm going to guess, cut this gap to six. But, you know, Madrid, even if they lost to Sevilla and Atletico Madrid, which like you just pointed out, isn't super like likely they lose to both, they would still be at least three points ahead. And Barcelona would need to stay perfect and not hitting on Barcelona at all. But that is hard to say perfect and, and like right. m- make up such a gap. Um, just in clubs, I mean, like you can talk about City and Liverpool, which we like. I don't know what I mean. We expect both of them to go seven for seven to finish. It's like, it's, it's tough. Yeah. And, uh, you know, something can be said for Real Madrid needing to focus on UCL action as well. Um, but I think at the end of the day that, that they're going to hold on to the lead and, and raise that crown again. Um, a, a, a league where it's not as clear, the Serie A. And let's check in Just on the Serie A. Fun. It's uh, it's Milan at the top, Inter Milan second with the game in hand, Napoli and then Juventus. Uh, between Inter and AC, who are at the top there, but Inter has that game in hand, which makes things interesting. Who do you think has the better chance of hoisting the Scudetto? You know, it's funny with the with the Serie A. It's it certainly stayed interesting, and it still is interesting. But I feel like every time, like we go check in every month or so, and the, the standings really have never changed. Like it's it's been Milan, Inter's been in like second with a game or two in hand. So it's like, oh, Inter could past Milan if they would play, you know, play these games in hand uh, and then Napoli and then Juventus, like it's been that, that position and the points have changed here and there. Uh, but I, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Inter. Um, I think that the game in hand is a big one. They are the defending champs. I, I think they've done a little better job of, of scoring this year, which for a couple of teams in AC and Inter that have probably tied more than they should have. I, I, I I guess I like Inter's chances more just because they are, have been a little bit more explosive to maybe get a few more wins than, than AC Milan. Um, and they just, you know, they just had that big win against Juventus um, a couple of weeks ago on Sunday, one Oh win, which is, which is a big one. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think Inter is going to be able to go and, and get their second Scudetto in a row. I, I totally agree with you. You know, AC Milan and the same week that Inter Milan picked up all three points against Juventus in a game where we saw Juventus might come back in the race. AC Milan dropped crucial points against teams that they should have beat. Um, and that, for me, is indicative of where this title race is going. And you mentioned the explosiveness on the offensive side. But you also look at their defense. They've only allowed two goals yeah. in the last five games. They're in great form in terms of drop avoiding dropping many other points like maybe they don't win every game 
but I don't see them losing very often. And I do see AC Milan losing one or two more. Uh, and with that game in hand, I have to give it to Inter. They're just more exciting and better consistency-wise than AC Milan is. AC, I mean, like I know right now they both have like pretty equal amount of draws, but it just like when you when you look at that schedule and like you're like, I oh, mean, you guys are neck and neck. Like it, you're just like, I see Inter finding a way to get three points more than you, AC. Like I just do. Right, a hundred percent. So yeah, I think we both agree. Inter is kind of the one we're expecting to land on top in terms of Juventus. They dropped three crucial points. Was that it? Was that it for them? I think I think so. I feel like if they would have if they would have won that one, I'd be like, I how does Juventus not win this? Like they wouldn't be in first, but they would feel like they were in the driver's seat. Um, but yeah, I, I think that I think that probably does it for them, just because it was such a big three point swing uh, on both sides um, and, and gives them, you know, a pretty tough, tough gap um, to finish with. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. They're six points off the pace and they don't play any more teams above them. So they'll have to like win out and rely on their opponents messing. It's just a lot of variables. And it's not like this Juventus team has showed us anything that we're like, they can overcome the variables, you know? Um, They've turned it around well, like since January. And certainly, I mean, cause there was a, there was a while there was like, Shit, is Juventus going to be able to finish top four? But it's like, I, they haven't turned it around enough where you're like, oh yeah, this team is going to go make that climb. Right. It'd be funny for me. It won't happen, I don't think, because they also are a team that's inconsistent. But Napoli, if Lorenzo Insigne goes and wins the Scudetto and then goes to MLS and wins the MLS Cup, how cool would that be? <laughs> like, How dope it. would that be? I love Lorenzo Insigne. He's great. He's he's a baller. I'm excited to see him. We're gonna get a we're gonna get Toronto and CFC tickets when he comes in, and we'll uh, we'll watch that happen. Um, yeah. So EPL, you mentioned it. Man City Liverpool ends at a two two draw. Of course it does because you know this race can't get any more clear uh, until the end. Um, you know, technically Man City in the driver's seat because they have more points uh, and you know they stare the spoils. But uh, who's your eventual champion after seeing this game? I'm I'm gonna go with Liverpool because just for the the, the sheer fact that and, and we've seen this in title races before, seen it even, even in the EPL before, like there's something to be said for like being the chasey as opposed to being like chased. Um, so like the pressure is on City to stay perfect. Not that there's not pressure on Liverpool, but it's like oh City, if you mess up, then you're gonna lose the crown. Like you can't mess up at all. Um, and so I think that leads advantageously to Liverpool. So I, I'm, I'm going to go. Maybe maybe I too just want to have a little fun with it. But I'm, I'm going to say Liverpool gets it done. Matt, how dare you say something so correct? Because you're right. It is going to be Liverpool. Hell yeah. Uh, I agree. Because you know what this reminds me of? Remember when Liverpool was ahead like 20 points and then they yeah. it? But of course they won still. But like they were up so many points that they were never not going to win. Um, but this reminds me of that. You know, it's like the pressure's on and, and even good teams kind of that's a lot to do, especially with a team that is distracted by the UCL and what that means for their legacy. Um, and it doesn't mean as much for Liverpool and their legacy. It just doesn't because they've won it already. And, uh, you know, I think the way that they're playing is so dominant, just as dominant as Man City. So it really is a toss up. Um, what's going to be interesting is both teams play a lot of relegation teams, Watford, Everton, Leeds. So it'll be interesting to see how those games play out. Like how strong do those relegation teams come out and say, hey, we got to beat, we got to get points so we avoid relegation. Or are they going to be like, let's just not lose and and each of these teams get draws in um how those but games I think, and that, but i think that even favors liverpool because it does yeah liverpool is more clinical in the final third like they're we've seen city weirdly drop points against teams that they should not drop points against hmm. not that liverpool doesn't but like there's so many times i feel like with, with city where you're just like how how is this the team you're dropping points against like and it's because they can't score Right, exactly. And that's and and that's exactly what I mean. It's like that's going to be a big marker. If Liverpool, on the other hand, doesn't take advantage of those games, I do see Man City running away with it. Um, one marker also is that Liverpool, unlike Man City, have one interesting opponent still to play, and that's Tottenham. So if the Spurs have their number in that game, then this race, I think, kind of if it if it if it increases to four points, it does. It is over. Right. For me at that. Point. That's yeah. That seems four points seems to like. 
it's it's a lot at the, at this point and with how good both these teams are like it's like i city's probably going to drop points somewhere but are they going to drop enough for you to overcome four point deficit no I, I i don't think so um and yeah i mean like i think this you know this last weekend's game kind of similar to the like i think that inter juventus game most seasons, I feel like there's one game that you can really look at and be like, oh, this was the one that decided it. And the one for the Inter, who Venters, like Inter was able to, to get that big win. But I think for Liverpool being able to get this draw, especially when like City should have won. Right. Like Liverpool played well and they fought back. Like City was the better team. They had more chances. Like they, they should have gotten the three points. And I think the fact that Liverpool was able to survive that is going to be what gets them back. And, and like, I kind of forget too how much like, it was not that long ago. I think both of us were like, this is not a race. Like cities got this and they've not only opened the door for Liverpool, the door is wide open, which adds to the pressure when it's like, ah, man, we, we probably shouldn't be in this position at all. Right. The fact that they shouldn't be in this position makes me think that they're screwed because if you shouldn't be yeah. somewhere, you usually end up exactly where you don't want to be. Um, it's like if you're up 20 points and then you let a team come back and you go to overtime, I, I mean, I know North Carolina just survived doing that against Baylor, but like most of the time you're like, man, the team that just gave that comeback up is like, they're not feeling all that good. hundred percent. When Real Madrid and Chelsea went to extra time, did any of us think Chelsea was going to win? No, I immediately was like, um, Real Madrid's going to win this now. Right. Because they because, got all the momentum. Yeah. A hundred percent. There's just less pressure. For on sure. Um, well, luckily for Pep Guardiola, you know, they may, they had to play them in the Premier League. They may have to play them Champions League, but luckily they don't have to. Oh, wait. Yes, they do have to play them in the FA Cup. <laughs> so funny. Um, so there's this interesting FA Cup semifinal tie also between Liverpool and Man City. Uh, who do you think wins this one in kind of like an interesting knockout match? And do you think who wins this one is a marker of who will win it all, considering they do get to play each other one more time? I'm, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go Man City. Oh, you're gonna go Man City. The, the FA Cup. I think I think Man City's gonna win the FA Cup. I think because even just like I just said, like Man City should have won this game over the weekend. And like as as good as Liverpool is, Man City struggles at times to find those goals. But like Liverpool's high line and, and how much Robertson and Alexander Arnold push forward do like leave them open at times. I I think I think like in a one off, I'm picking City. Um, and so I I think City will will get the FA Cup win. And, and get a little get a little revenge, which could, you know, add to Liverpool's desire to not let up in, in the league and, and make sure they catch him. Right. I actually take Liverpool in a one off because I do think that they have more individual attacking stars that can make those crucial moments in extra time when when they just need a goal to win it all. Um so I'm picking Liverpool, and I think this is the final dagger for Man City. I actually think this game means a lot, not for Man City to win, but if Liverpool wins this game, which I think they will, then I think Man City goes into the end of their season and we really see a drop-off. Because if they lose to this team twice, one for a trophy, knowing they might have to so face are you, them first. Are you, it sounds like, Yannick, you're saying Liverpool is going to be the second English club to do the treble. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Okay. Because you said Liverpool's going to win the, well, I guess you didn't say they're going to win the FA Cup final. They could lose to, to Chelsea or who is it? I can't remember who Chelsea played. I don't remember who they played, but I think it'll probably so, be Chelsea. Um, no, I don't know if they'll even win the FA Cup final. I think they very much could, but I think that they're going to win the Premier League. Um, I think if we see a, a Man City team best a Liverpool team, it will be in the Champions League because of how much they need to um, kind of you know, emphasize that tournament. And with that, I'm going to ask you a question about Pep Guardiola. We know. Wait, so wait. Sorry. I, I just, you said, if so, I'm confused. If Liverpool uh, uh, beats City this weekend, do you, do you think City can will still win the Champions League or do you think City season's like done? No, I mean, if City... I mean, if City gets past Atletico right now, obviously there's 30 minutes that they need to be in the next tie. I think if City gets to the semifinals, that they'll win the Champions League. I, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, okay. and I think Liverpool will win the Premier League. So the Liverpool... FA, at first, I thought you like were saying like this, this FA Cup tie is going to like define oh, no, City's no, 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 no. season. I meant it's going to define the you. Premier League race. Yeah, it's going to define the Premier Ooh, League okay. race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because it's just going to be so disheartening to lose twice 
to that team. And I think that they'll probably be dominant again, but I just see there being a moment of brilliance from Salar Sané and that really being the difference again. And, and, uh, and I think that's going to be the dagger for that champions league different. I think champions league, there's so much more riding on it. Do you think Liverpool needs to play a little safer? against City just because they give them so much space on those wings. They Yes and no, because I think Liverpool has been so dominant playing exactly how they have. Does it have weak spots? Sure. But I also I also worry about changing tactics and going away from who you are, Um, especially against a team like City who always plays how they are. You know, I stick stick to what you're what you're good at. And, you know, the mistakes you just have to shore up on the fly. I don't think, um, I just don't think that it's uh, it's worked for them so well. Unlike Bayern, where it hasn't really worked for them, so I do think they need to change things. Liverpool, for the most part, it hasn't really bitten them in the ass yet. It could, it very much could. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I still think you stick to stick to your guns um, <laughs> and do what you're what I you've been good hope, at. Hope that Van Dyke. I mean, Van Dyke hasn't been horrible, but hasn't been quite the. But it worked for a while so well for him because it was like, okay, cool that you have that space on the wing. We have Virgil van Dijk. It's not going to matter. He's going to shut down this attack. Right. And hope that he can kind of regain some of that shutdown, um, shutdown mentality. Uh, so Pep Guardiola, he's got the treble at his fingertips. And it looks likely that he won't get all three. Maybe he will. But that's a lot to ask with so much competition. Um, maybe he's so will. upset if they do. But the one thing question, I can still hang my hat on, Yannick, only English team. <laughs> Matt, Matt's going to be upset for a completely different reason, but <laughs> it is. Yeah. Uh, no, I get it. Um, so my question for you is, let's say they don't win all three, which I don't think they will. But let's say they don't. Um, do you think that he has to at least do a double to consider this season still a success? between the FA Cup Premier League Champions League, do you think winning one would be enough? I I think that the Premier League doesn't fucking matter. I think the FA Cup doesn't fucking matter. Pep Guardiola needs to win the Champions League. If he wins those two and doesn't win the Champions League, people go, okay, nice. It's not going to matter. If he loses those other team, those other two, and he wins the Champions League, it he'll be, because he's done the other thing. Like, he's dominated the Premier League. He's won the FA Cup. And, like, hey, He's proven all that. The Champions League, and not even just for City, with Bayern. And, and I mean, like, it's easy, I think, for Barcelona to be like, man, your roster was pretty stacked. Not that, you know, City's roster is hurting all that much. But it's, it's the, the competition that he has routinely underperformed in. So I, I think that is the only one that matters, truly. Right. Matt, I once again say to you, how dare you say something so right? How dare you? How dare you say something so controversial, yet so brave? Ugh. Listen, I think I said, I wrote right here, I believe it depends. If they just win the Champions League, then you can save face and say whatever you want. He's good. He's good. But whatever you win a double in has to include the Champions League, because even if you had a, even if they fall off the face of the cliff in the Premier League, like truly lose six of seven, and they win the Champions League, especially if they have to go through Liverpool to do it, doesn't matter. Right. Doesn't You're matter. fine. You're fine. Yeah. Because you can be like, oh, that's cute. You got another Premier League. That's that's like, adorable. I, like, you know, like uh, the stakes are there just for City, but even just like last year, with, which team its fans have been walking around with the big dick energy? Chelsea fan. When you win the Champions League, it trumps every, it just does. Like that, yeah. you get to be, we are the best. Yeah, no, agreed. I remember just a few years ago when I had that BDE. <laughs> just a few years ago. I've never, I've never had it. Uh, you had it at one point. I wasn't a fan then. Uh, I, I, I didn't follow Manchester United. I actually didn't even really follow soccer back then. I got about, one final. I, I got the 2011 final with uh, Barca, but I, I knew they weren't going to fucking win that game. That was a hard one. That was a hard one to ask of anyone. Let it alone was, yeah. So I go to that game. I was like, I think Rooney made it one-one, like half, and I was like, you know, I'm glad that we're even. Yeah. Because they they were destroying us. I think they t- I think Manchester United touched the ball about 17 times. 
Yeah, it was just, oh, congratulations, made it to the final. Play this generationally amazing team. Like, not even just this year, just over the decades of football history. This is one of the greatest sides of all time. Yeah, it's like Michael Jordan making it to the playoffs and being like, okay, now play these five all-timers on the Celtics real quick. Have fun. Enjoy yourself. You're not going to win. All right, well, that's enough soccer talk. For me, for a while, because I'm so sad. Um, it's like when a, it's like when the NFC Championship comes around. Yeah, can't wait. Are you? So I don't want to talk about NFL anymore, Yannick. Yeah, are you excited for the NFC Championship game next next season? Oh, I can't wait. Oh, it's gonna be so much fun. I can't wait. Some someday, me and my children will sit around and watch the Packers lose in the NFC Championship game. <laughs> Maybe maybe divisional round. I don't know. I don't. Listen. Depends on when we play the Niners. <laughs> His kids are just gonna one day be like, "Oh, we're playing this week," and he goes, "I don't care." It's like you love the Packers. We're playing the Niners, so you don't get it. We've lost. We lost. Well, already. regular season, regular season, we can get some wins over them. But if it's uh, playoffs and right at home. There you go. Well, let's move to uh, the green and move to Augusta because the Masters happened this past weekend and we have a new champion. And his name is Scotty Scheffler. Congratulations to the 25-year-old on winning his first green jacket. Really dominated all uh, week. He did have a little scare there at the end where they thought maybe... Maybe some uh, guys, especially Roy McIlroy, who had like this great, great jump in the weekend, um, would catch up to him. But he held strong, made a lucky shot, actually, to kind of give him the championship, which was just like he there's no way he meant to do. He hit he hit the ball. Got to have at least one of them when you when you win a major. A hundred percent. And he got it. So congratulations. Um, A story that kind of overshadowed his for a while, though, was the return of Tiger Woods to professional play, especially after the car accident and months of not playing. You know, he made the cut. Insane. He Insane. He was the out there cut. playing golf. I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I I'm mean, so mad I didn't bet on it. Yeah. And, and, uh, just because it would have been such a fun thing to like, I mean, I was cheering for it anyway, but like to have a little money on it, it would be like, fuck you. You're done, Tiger. It's, exactly. It's incredible. Yeah. And, and, you know, did he fall <laughs> off the face of a cliff literally afterwards? Yes. Of course he did. But, um, you know, the question remains, he's 46 years old. He did make the final cut. He was in the running until, you know, I think some, honestly, just rust got to him a little bit. Obviously, you can't really expect anymore. But my question for you, Matt, is do we see Tiger Woods wear another green jacket? And then on top of that, do you think this is the final Masters final cut that he makes? Do you think he ever plays another weekend in Augusta? Um, I He's not going to win jacket right i mean no you know actually no i'm not gonna say that i'm never gonna say never with tiger so shit maybe i didn't think he was gonna win (laughs) and and like the fact that he's come like this might be the most impressive comeback we've ever seen just because of like the guy was already pretty physically beat up as a human like the amount of surgeries he's had um and to, to come back after that accident and and play and play well for for a couple rounds and be able to make the cut and stuff. I think like you saw probably too, like how much the strain on his body is, is probably more so now than, than before, especially the first time you're playing, you know, uh, a, a tournament like that. Um, but I, I mean, I think, I think he makes another master's cut. Like he, he was a guy already who wasn't playing like the, the tour full time anyway, you know, he'd come back for, for the masters and, and maybe a tournament here and there. Like, He's pretty semi-retired anyway. I think we probably keep seeing that from Tiger. But, like, there's guys that are older than him that have had a couple of nice rounds at the Masters um, and, and made the cut before. Uh, Ernie Els seems to get older and make the cut every year, actually. I, was like, I don't know the last time Ernie Els made the cut. But I know he's did it but as a kind of an a, a, a older, older player. Um, so, yeah, I, like, I, I think just, like, where Tiger's at in his career, where it's like, all right, I'm going to come back for just this tournament. Then I, I think he's going to be able to to put enough good go- holes of golf together to to make a cut here and there. 
Yeah, I think he'll make one or two more cuts, you know, because, you know, a big part of the Masters course is your experience at it, and there's no one with more experience than Tiger Woods at playing at the Masters. So I still think despite the competition, he'll be able to make the cut. Um, but there are just so many rising stars in golf, and Scotty Scheffler winning is just proves another one is there. And so, like, I just think... In a tight battle, which he will always be in, he's never going to run away with it. In a tight battle on a weekend in Augusta, does he have the physical endurance to keep up with these guys? And I just think the answer is no. And that's nothing against him. 72 holes is a lot more than 36. Right. And like walking in Augusta is hard. It's a hilly, hilly, hilly world. And so I think that that alone... You know, he didn't have a back before the accident, and now he, he has, like, even less of one. So, you know, it was really great, and I agree. One of the best comebacks I've ever seen to have that kind of performance going into the weekend. Uh, but I agree. I don't think he's going to win another one. But we might see him on a final cut once or twice more, which means we'll see Mike Greenberg tell us why he is going to win. Uh, and yeah. Usually, I mean, usually, like, I mean, what? This weekend's cut was two over, three over? And usually the cut is, like, enough guys play a couple bad rounds of golf that he'll be able to sneak in but it is it, it will be interesting now like i when when's the next time he plays right right next masters maybe may I, honestly like i think i think that is as good a chance as anything and i, I don't blame him no i don't blame him either i Atletico Atletico is getting some decent chances i know i'm what i'm watching and and i, I don't think they're, i don't think they're gonna get it though it's gonna Let's end. see We'll see. Boy, I don't uh, know. Um, no, yeah. Yannick, Yannick Carrasco is going to get it. Yeah, yeah he is. He's going to score. For if a guy named Yannick scores the goal that outdoes Pep Guardiola's Champions League dream again, that would just be ironic history. That would just be, be great. Um, Scotty Scheffler wins the Masters. He's 25 years old. Is he in the upper echelon of performers now, or was this just a great showing from a pretty good golfer? I mean, I, I think he's, it's, I mean, we always, you know, is he going to go win every major now? No. Um, is, is he going to be in the running for every major now? <laughs> Most likely. I mean, like th- this guy is like, cause it's not like this came out of nowhere. He has been playing his best golf all of 2022. He's, he got his first win in February, won a couple more times in March, became the number one player in the world coming into the masters and then played like it. Like, was two strokes behind after day one, took a five stroke lead into the weekend, which was tied for a record and then held on to that lead. Like there was, there was a little bit with Rory and, and the couple holes on Sunday at the beginning there, Cam Smith had a couple of nice birdies and, and he started slow, but really for the most part, the weekend was pretty boring because Scheffler just played so consistently and, and nobody ever really, anytime you're like, Oh, could they make a run? They never really were able to, to make enough of a run because he was just so, so, so good. Um, throughout all 72 of those holes. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think this is the sign of a guy who is, is going to start, at least be like, we're, we're going to be hearing his name on Sundays a lot. Right. No, I agree. I mean, he kind of came out normally, of... Normally you say that about NFL, but that works pretty well for golf as well. It, it does work very well. It works great. It's... Uh... Good job, Matt. He, he, you can't see Matt, but he's nodding very approvingly of himself. Sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes you get, and you need to get lucky to get that green jacket, as we just said. Um, no, but he kind of it, it all makes sense. It's it all, connected, all guys. connected, as as per usual. We are we're on professionals. This, we're professionals. Um, no, but you're right. This isn't out of nowhere. He grew up kind of with names like Will Zalatoris, Colin Morikawa, who we love, Cameron Champ. He was right there with all of them. Uh, he's talented in a league of his own, really, because at the 2020 Northern Trust, right, he scored a 59. 59. He was the 12th player all time to do a sub-60 round on the PGA Tour and the second youngest to do so. So you see already the prodigy there, style there. Even earlier than that, 2016 US Open, at the age of 19, he was the leader after the first round. So, like, he's been kind of knocking on this door for a while. And like you said, playing his best golf in 2022, three straight top 10s heading into the Masters, which he won. He joins Ian Woosnam as the only players to win the Masters while ranked number one. So, you know, making history there. Uh, and yeah, I think there's just so many, like I said, so many good golfers. Golf is about to get crazy. Golf is about to just be 
it, you know, just nuts. And back. I love it. And and the reason Tiger Woods, the, what Tiger Woods can hang his hat on is that the reason that he's not going to win another Masters is because he has inspired so many other golfers to win the Masters. So many of these guys are golfers because of Tiger Woods. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. It's crazy. Yeah. So congratulations <laughs> to uh, Mr. Scotty Scheffler. And uh, I also saw something funny where someone was had bet like a bunch of money that he wouldn't cry after he won and like watched him like go down the line of hugs and was like, he has a cry yet. He has a cry yet. It was pretty funny. I, I thought that was. Did he cry? Fun. Did he cry? He cried. Yeah. Oh, it was I've, rough. Where do you, where do you get that Matt? I don't know. But uh, he, you know, it was some dude somewhere. I saw it. On Instagram. I need to find. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fun bet. That is a fun bet. <laughs> Hilarious. It is. I love you can bet. You can bet on literally anything. Yeah, it's the beauty of sports, really. Um, yeah. So we say congratulations to Scotty Scheffler. We say congratulations to Tiger Woods on a wonderful comeback. And with that, we put Matt on the hot seat. It is quick fire question time, baby. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Three NBA stars who all have a title already. Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Steph Curry. Which of these players will win their next NBA title first? Oh, man. Oh, it's a good one. It's a good one. Oh, it is a good one. I'm going Durant or Giannis. That's fair. That's also right, though. I'm, I'm, well, I'm going to be a homer. I'm gonna, Durant. Durant's going to get it done. There you go. Kevin Durant wins. Yeah, Suns son, are going to win it this year. Suns are going to win it this year. And then Brooklyn, they get Ben back. You know, they get things grooving next year. Nets win it next year. There you go. All right. Uh, the Lakers are in such a conundrum. Oh, I'm sorry, Frank Vogel. It's uh, Frank Vogel has been sacrificed to the gods. Um, <laughs> truly. Truly. Um, not to the gods, to the fucking to the dogs, to the dogs in LA. There we go. It's it's, it's horrible. Um, a lot of questions about the Lakers. What they're going to do? Can they do anything? How long is LeBron still there? My question to you is: Will the Lakers win an NBA title in the next decade? Oh man, I don't think so. I mean, like, there's just so much. There's so many other teams that are like set for the next five years. And then the next, like like the Grizzlies are going to compete really, really well for the next five years. But then like the next six to 10 years, is probably when they're going to be at their like best. Mm -hmm. And so like, there's a lot of like, there's just so much talent that's ready. I think like, I mean, like I think Embiid and Jokic, like I said, and Giannis, like they're just starting to really find themselves. And a guy like Devin Booker, like Devin Booker is, is really He's only getting better. And then, no, I don't think so. I think so, too. There are just so many teams. The Lakers, for me, are as likely to win. That's not true. I'm going to take back what I was about to say. But they have so many holes and things to fix. They are at ground zero, and so many teams are not there anymore. There's only a couple teams that are at there. And I don't even, like, when's their next first-round pick? Because, like, yeah, like, I because, I mean, they've, like totally giving up like their future. It feels like with LeBron, not even just in the sense of like, let's win now. Like, I don't know when their next first round pick is because yeah, if you get a couple top, you know, lottery picks, guys are adjusting to the game quicker and quicker where, yeah, you couldn't turn it around kind of quick, but I don't even think they're in a position to like get guys like that. Right. You know what they need to do? They just need to collect all the Iowa Hawkeyes still playing in the league and just make a super. Hell yeah. Just get me Garza. Wee's camp <laughs> on the same team. Yeah, it's not, we're not going to have it's not gonna be that many guys. Keegan. Yeah. yeah. Hope, hopefully uh, Kenyon. Wait, no. Yeah. Oh, we gosh. need more Hawkeyes in the, in the yeah, league. All right. My last question is a football one. I know I, you don't want to talk football, but I'm, I'm making you talk football. All right. I'm fine. I'm good. Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields. All of these quarterbacks from this uh, great draft class. I didn't include Mac Jones because Mac Jones did what I'm about to ask you. How many of these, and I say this in terms of they didn't make the playoffs, 
in terms of leading their team. So Trey Lance is obviously an, a misnomer because they made it, but he wasn't the leading quarterback. We expect him to be. How right. many of these quarterbacks out of the four I just mentioned will make the playoffs in their second year? <sighs> you know, I actually think I, I like a lot of the Jaguars moves and I think Lawrence is going to make a nice jump. But the, the AFC is so, so stacked that I don't think they're going to be able to make enough of like a, a nice jump right. just because it, it, it's just going to, there's so many good, good teams. So I, it's hard for me to believe that they'll be able to make that much of a leap. And I don't think the Jets are even going to make, uh, maybe they'll make a leap, but they certainly won't be making that leap. Oh, <laughs> is Trey Lance going to be the quarterback? I don't know. No, I I kind of want to go with none of them. None of them. Yeah, none of I them. Think zero. Yeah. Dang. All right. I love that. No, I agree. I mean, it's definitely not given for any of them. I, for me, I would say Justin Fields is the one because the NFC did become so much weaker that maybe they can make the playoffs. Um, they but trade they still, away so much on the defensive side. Like, and the Bears are. Oh, yeah. But that's. They're not that ready is, to compete. I don't think. That's the question. Oh, oh, I just saw the athletic chance. Oh, so close. Um, no, but yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see. And with that, Matt, you are off the hot seat. I, I feel like I leveled some good questions at you today, so I'm glad that you yeah, I like you it. you uh, le- left it all out there. Um, <laughs> before we that's what I tried to do. Listen, always. Uh, before we close today, I want to know who is a underrated film actor who you think doesn't get enough hype. Give me, give me, give me an underrated uh, film actor that you want to hype up. Wait, dude, are you, are you telling me it's time to cool down? There you go. I was so excited, I forgot about the cool down. Thank you, Matt. It's good. It's fine. I got. That's you. what happens when you I'm don't ready. have a I'm sound ready. effect to put in. You just have to remember every. T- there you go. Ooh. So we're cooling down now that we're now that we've gotten um, the cool down. Lakeith, Lakeith Stanfield. I don't. Ooh. Like, I don't even know if he's. I feel like he's underrated though. But yeah, like I, anyone 100%. that like knows like him knows how good he is. I don't like. To me, what makes a really great actor is somebody that like truly, it, like is a different person every time you see them. And that's a really tough ask. Like be, especially when you act a lot. Like a lot of times you are gonna like just probably have some things that you. I for him, I don't think I've ever. It's always a different character from like get out to dope to knives out to uncut gems. Like he is, he can literally play. I haven't watched uh, fucking Atlanta yet. I don't know why, because I love him. And another, honestly, another guy, Brian David Tyree, um, who is in uh, Eternals um, or Brian, no, Brian Tyree Henry. Sorry. (laughs) That was, that's how underrated he is. I don't even know his name. Um, but yeah, I gotta watch Atlanta. Yeah, I need to watch Atlanta too. I've never watched it. And I've That's a lesson of this story. Watch Atlanta. Thomas uh, Gambino. I love Danny, Donald Glover. Uh, yeah, love Donald Glover. Um, the other thing you should watch: Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And you know why? Because it's got my underrated film actor, and that is Michelle Yeoh. Yo, people. Yeah, dude. Just she know rules. her as an actress from Crazy Rich Asians and Shang-Chi, but her film catalog is so extensive. And her new movie, this new one that I just mentioned, I mean, she plays a range of characters that is just ridiculous. Her and every other actor in that movie, but her especially, this is a vehicle for her to win an Oscar. I think she's going to be at least, you know, top two in the in the voting when all said and done. Um, depends on what other stuff comes out, obviously could be another movie that hasn't come out yet that I don't really know. Um, but Michelle Yeoh is, is also, I, I listened to this interview with her talking about making this movie and the way that she talks about finally getting the chance to play range and like being given that opportunity. I just was like, that is an actor who gives a shit about what they're doing. Like that is an actor who hasn't looked at life in like a negative way, despite having fine uh, opportunity to say so. Like, I'm an Asian woman, and I only get to play these Asian moms because that's what people see me as here. But she, like, did what she could and finally was given this opportunity and has taken it and and really did a good job. So if you haven't watched Michelle Yeoh's stuff, if you haven't watched Everything Everywhere All at Once, it's, like, my new favorite movie. It's so, so good. Love it, love it, love it. Dude, didn't even, didn't even mention Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. 
I didn't mention Crouchy. You know who else is in in such a banger? You know who else is in Crazy? Uh, sorry, is Everything Everywhere? Yeah. Sh- short round from Temple of Doom. Oh fuck yeah! He's the husband, and he's amazing. He's so good. I think maybe I did see something about that, dude. Short round is one of my all-time favorite fucking yeah movie characters. It's great, and I literally was like the whole short time. round keeps fucking Indiana alive. He's just, Indiana just keeps trying to get his dick wet. Short round is just like, dude, we're about to fucking die. Doctor Jones, no time for fucking love. <laughs> Damn. That's the real story of Temple of Doom. Stop trying to get your dick wet and just get out of the temple. No time for love, Dr. Jones. No time for love, Dr. Jones. Oh, man. Oh, my God. What a... I don't know. So let's just let's just call it there. So Lakeith Sanfield, Michelle Yeoh, those are our actors to hype up. And with that, we bid you adieu for today. Thank you so much for listening to this hour and last hour. We covered NBA playoffs, Champions League upsets, and... Uh, we covered some league play as well before going into the Masters talk. It's been fun as always. This week felt like almost an off, like an off week kind of because it's a little less to talk about. Um, but it, still, we had so much to talk about, and so yeah. I, I love it. Only the NBA, only the NBA playoffs starting and Champions League quarterfinals. Yeah, I mean, listen. From now on, and the Masters. Gonna, <laughs> there's just like there was nothing to talk about. I almost nothing. had to go to cricket. That's low, how low bad key. it was. Now we'll get to cricket. And yeah. that, folks, is what you call taking it back to the beginning. That is a full circle, baby. Um, remember that from earlier? Yes. Uh, I hope you do. Just listen to both of our freaking episodes. Uh, no. Thank you for joining us. Stay safe. Wear a mask. And I want to give one last kind of thought. Uh, there was a really horrible uh, incident here in Brooklyn the other day, a uh, shooting in a subway station. And so our thoughts go out to everybody affected by that. Um, just really, you know, definitely rocked my whole world for a little bit. And so, uh, yeah, it's just senseless violence. And, you know, if the New York city police department wants to put so many police in the stations, then they, they should, you know, be able to, (laughs) they should be able to do something about something like that. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it was pretty, pretty horrible. So our thoughts go out with them thoughts go out with the people of Ukraine as that conflict continues to go. Uh, Matt, you have anything else to say to the lovely people? Yeah, yeah, just uh, you know, love, love, and safety to all New Yorkers. Very, very scary thing that that occurred, and was certainly locked in in on it. Um, and and luckily, at the moment, um, no one has has I think any life threatening injuries from the attack, which is kind of astonishing. Um, so uh, incredible news there, um, but still, you know, a, a very Something that certainly shook you if, if you're in the city and I think still kind of passed. Um, but love to everybody who, who was, you know, affected by it immediately, especially um, even just from somebody who's a loved one that was a part of the attack. And, and of course, yeah, love, love to Ukraine.